welcome. Welcome. To Attack of the 50 Foot Podcast. 50 Foot Podcast. 50 Foot Podcast. Welcome to this special episode of Attack of the 50 Foot Podcast, uh, where we go over some of our favorite bad movies. I'm one of your hosts, Cam the Cameraman. Sitting next to me is Back Alley Stabbing, and across <laughs> the screen is Corn on the Rob. So, <laughs> how do you do this, this on is the our, fly? This is our special <laughs> Halloween episode. Happy Halloween. I guess those are our Halloween costumes. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So what is mine? Is I, Do I just have pieces of corn stuck to me? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> what movie did we watch for our special spooky Halloween episode? Well, The Creeping Terror, similar to Cam's jokes. <laughs> That's harsh. This is The Creeping Terror. Welcome. Happy Halloween, as it is Halloween. And it will be when we post this. Yeah. Is anybody going to read this? What? I am. I did the intro. You said you were going to do it. That is the intro. The Creeping Terror is a movie about a large alien slug that has multiple eyes. Wait, you got to read the quote. A creature that looks like a cross between a Chinese dragon puppet and the Pope. That seems fair. Where where does that come from? I think it was IMDb, actually. <laughs> that was IMDb? Yeah, that's the, the tagline or whatever. Okay. For those who have never heard of this movie, uh, can't blame you. This is a weird one, kind of off the wall. It was made in 1964, though if you watch it ever, you're going to think it was made 40 years before that. Uh, it was directed by A.J. Arthur Art Nelson, real name Vic Savage. Wait, other way around. It was directed by... Savage Vic, name real, Nelson Art, Arthur, oh AJ. <laughs> no, it's Vic Savage is his actual name, which is makes it more bizarre that he chose like a very white bread, bland uh, pseudonym. Wait, Vic Savage is his actual name? No, it's the other way around. That's what I thought. Art Nelson is his real name. No, it's, it's a director is Vic Savage as AJ Nelson. When they say as, that means that is the name they used for that. Project. But if you look up his biography, his name is Art Nelson. Yeah, I'm pretty what? sure his name is Art Nelson. Oh, okay. Maybe because it says in the movie AJ Nelson. Vic really? Savage was born as Arthur Nelson White. So he's not even Arthur Nelson. He's Arthur. Oh, White. he's got it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's just a liar, which is, oh, uh, yeah. I, I'm actually going to stand by that. I think there, we'll get into some of the. Uh, a uh, little behind the scenes things about the production. And I think this guy lied his ass off. Oh, That's yeah. pretty much all. He's a literal psychopath. Was lie his ass off. Yeah. So, yeah. And as we see in the outline, there are a lot of question marks next to things like budget. Who knows? Whatever people gave him. Uh, box office. It didn't go to the theater. Yeah. Apparently this wasn't actually theatrically released. Which is just a hallmark of a great movie. There's rumors that there was a limited release in wherever he decided to possibly release this, but that's never been confirmed. And he kind of just pulled a Houdini right afterwards. So it's hard to say whether or not that actually happened or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, again, another good sign of like, ah, that guy made a great movie is if at one point in his uh, history the director disappears for a while 
he disappeared supposedly forever after this movie. Yeah, he supposedly edited it. He supposedly did the narration. No, he didn't. I heard he did. No. This movie. It's like a see, British man. I feel like that's, this. See, that's why I thought it was weird. But I still have read. No, the guy that narrated it was a radio voice. Okay. All right, good. So he didn't narrate it. So. But he did good. act in it. But he, he did act the lead role. He was the actor, editor, sound destroyer, and director. So those are all of his roles. Yeah, he let's address the loud and somehow not silent elephant in the room. That is, this guy lost the sound footage. Most and of so, it. Yeah. like ninety percent of this movie is is a narrator voicing over. Like, clearly, what is people talking and just giving us all the information uh, as prose? And yeah. also, does like a, a bunch of lines where it wasn't necessary for there to be narration. Like, there's one line where they, they looked up in awe at the spaceship. Well, you didn't need to tell us that. We could see <laughs> that. Yeah, I did some, some research actually on some of the backstories on this. So, I put a lot of that at the end. Cool. Okay. We'll all talk right, about good. it then. So let's talk about the movie first. Should we, should we talk about the characters then? We got we got one, two, three, four, five, and five and a half. And so none of these people were actors. No, but they were trying to be. They were all sweethearts trying to be what? actors. How could you guys tell? <laughs> Actually, it was hard to tell when you can't hear their lines because. Yeah. So Martin was was he the colonel or no? No, he's he was the uh, kid guy. deputy. Yeah. He's kid oh. deputy who gets promoted. He's the one with the like girlfriend who tags along and has maybe two lines and doesn't do a single thing in this movie. Isn't that his wife, though? It's We're off to a great yes. start. It's his wife, because there's a whole thing about that in this movie. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. Yeah. I can't wait to get to that. Uh, anyway, so there's Martin, and that's played by the director. So that little little guy there is the man who... The man, the myth, the legend, Vic Savage. Um, there's, like you said, the unnecessary girlfriend. Wife. Girlfriend, wife, woman in his life. Definitely wife. Um, there's Dr. Bradford, who I think he's the guy who actually funded most of this movie, which is why he got such role, such a role. Um, there's the colonel, James Caldwell. And then, of course, there's the creeping terror. And actually, there are two. There are two creeping terrors that... It almost seems like they don't notice the other creeping terror because they like show up on the ship and like we see it multiple times, like freaking out, but nobody like they just kind of are standing there looking at nothing. And I don't know what they're supposed to be looking at, but it's confusing. Yeah, Yeah, it's like the days of early CG where like, oh, this character is supposed to be looking at something horrifying, but you would never know that from their performance. No. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't look good. Anyway, we'll go into the synopsis. Those are the characters. Happy Halloween. This is going great. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. So the, the movie starts out with an alien ship crashing, and it's near a small town, which is supposed to be in Tahoe. It's supposed to be which, on the Nevada side of Tahoe. There aren't really towns that are that small on that side, but anyway. Well, this was a long time ago, though. That's not the same area as it was 60 years ago. Okay. So... It's a little bit different. It's also now. not Tahoe anyway. <laughs> but it's also not Tahoe, but it is Tahoe at the same time. And basically what happens is is this thing crashes and a monster then comes out from it and starts creeping. 
slowly, ever, ever so slowly. <laughs> Under the most, same tree. Mostly around the same tree throughout the entire movie. <laughs> Can you imagine the, because it's quite a large creature. Can you imagine the like five poor people who had to be underneath all of those old carpets all day right? And all of the sweat of the people that are controlling those carpets. Yeah. That's just that. Cause like people get eaten and sucked in and then there's someone controlling it at the front. You got to try not to it's step on them. Arms. <laughs> it's, it's adorable. So basically the monster causes quite a stir because it kills the town sheriff and the deputy. And this causes the army to arrive to do Nothing. Marching. They march. Nope. With fake guns. They march a lot. Actually, they marched once, and then it replays multiple times throughout <laughs> the film. Yes. And um, they, they show up. I just wanted to make this point clear. Because they show up. It's a whole big thing about them arriving. And then they immediately say, all right, we're going back to town. Oh, man. All right. So then the monster kills two teens in the woods. I'm not saying that. Leaves her behind. You guys are the worst. Uh... <laughs> But there's basically two teams hey, in the woods. They're just making out. And then this thing is just creeping up and creeping up and creeping up and growling and screaming and moaning as it comes up to these two teenagers. And they don't hear it until it's like five feet talk about it. in front of them. Okay. Anyway, the dude zips up dupes out of there. And then we have Dr. Bradshaw. This whole scene is the sheriff or like the deputy sheriff or whatever and the doctor talking by a desk, but they're not talking and it's just it's narration <laughs> the whole time. And that happens. And then there is a very, very long scene. Did we put it in our favorite scenes? The marriage scene? No. No. I am not gonna lie, I loved the scene. Then why didn't you put it in yours? I don't know, but I just wanna say real quick, this is, this is the scene where they sneak into the house, right? And for some reason, they sneak into the house. Into his own house. Into his own house, too, so that his friend can sit, or his coworker can sit on his couch while he goes to make out with his wife. And then they come out on the couch and they make out in front of his friend. And then his friend leaves. And it's supposed to teach us about how good marriage is. Yeah, it's, it's all with a voiceover that sounds like something out of a, like, you and your changing body movie from the 50s. Oh, God. And it's... <laughs> It's full of bananas lines like, as men do since the dawn of time, they grow apart when one of them gets married. But he's grown up now, and that's better. One day the other guy will understand, cause, but right now he's busy dating all the girls in the town. It's like literally this whole thing is narrated like an after-school special because it'll just be like, it'll tell you what you're watching. And then it'll just be like long periods of silence and terrible music. And then all of a sudden they'll be like, that man is walking over there. Like, no shit. Yeah. It, it's very similar to Plan 9. Yeah. Very, very similar. But more narration. He answers the phone. He says after we watch the man answer the phone. <laughs> uh, so Betty the wife gets eaten. Remind me what happens here. Oh, that's just, um, it's just one of the uh, many scenes here where the monsters just parading around very slowly. No one notices it until it's right next to them and then they do nothing. Uh, this is the woman with the screaming baby that they, like, one oh. of the many sounds they loop infinitely. 
what they looped those they sounded fresh every other second <laughs> i started having pavlovian responses to these <laughs> like when they stopped my brain kept playing it oh my god like the beeping sounds inside the, the ship worst. i can still oh, hear it in my worst. head one of the one of the things that's consistent throughout this entire movie right is that they are consistently showing us what's inside the ship and what is inside the ship is usually just some white dude standing around staring at everything while there's beeps and boops going on. And then we see a monster in a harness that is the same as the monster roaming around. Is it, or is it kind of just a weird, like a crumpled up sweater with a belt around it? <laughs> I guess that's what you could call the terror. Uh, but yeah, that's happening throughout the movie. And you can't really call it a scene because it's it's more just... Like what? Like they're just intercutting between the two mm-hmm. consistently. But anyway, so the wife gets eaten. Then there's a grandpa and son fishing trip that'll just melt your heart and <laughs> also your mind as it takes forever for anything to happen. The creeping terror is the slowest monster in movie history. And then the monster eats an entire hoot nanny. It is quite the hoot nanny. Are we just gonna keep using that word? <laughs> All the time. Oh, because I'm going to talk about the Hootenanny later. Yeah, we're going to talk about the Hootenanny. But this monster comes up, it eats the whole goddamn Hootenanny. And then there is 10 minutes of the twist. Twist and shout, for sure. It is very long. There is a woman in gold pants. And she's the only one with a name. Yeah, and while this movie is in black and white, you can tell their gold pants. Oh, yeah. Yep. Everybody knows. And she is listed in the credits. It was played by Louise Lawson, and she plays the blonde in gold pants. So, <laughs> uh, also, Mira Lee plays Bikini Victum, uh, spelled with a U. <laughs> so, <laughs> this may be our best episode yet. <laughs> All right, so now that we've got that little bit out of the way, so while we're twisting and shouting and a whole scene happens in this high school gym and it's chaotic and at the same time, very, It's like 15 minutes long. We'll talk about it. I've got it on there. And this monster's then like, he's like, I've danced or she's like, I've danced. I have fished. I have gone to a hootenanny. I am going to go to Lover's Lane and roller derby some cars so that's what she does and (laughs) okay roller derby is very different (laughs) from it's like there is a word for it it's like the wrecking derby i don't know yeah the wrecking roller derby i'm saying the same thing you are roller derby is it's like a sport listen it's just the derby listen you put the creeping terror on wheels that is an awesome <laughs> roller derby. Oh my god, just like 24 pairs of roller skates on the bottom of this thing. <laughs> Guys, we're making a movie. Oh my god, we're going to remake this. It'll be the best. You got any extra carpets, Robert? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this whole scene happens, and we're going to go more in depth, but basically it's like a pervert's watching from the side, and a slug is killing teenagers. It's manic and slow again, but it's probably the quickest scene in terms of pacing in this entire thing. Uh, And then there's finally a showdown. You get the big Godzilla style showdown that you want at the end without Godzilla or any of the fun or explosions. It's not the best. There's an explosion after we find out. So the monster is killed by an explosion. 
But after the monster's killed, we find out that it had been sending information somehow about our weaknesses as human beings, uh, which I think is that we have soft skin and <laughs> we have skulls that break easy. And I think that's all they really needed to send. But it was sending information about our weaknesses and the ship blows up, right? Does the ship blow up? No, it uh, like nothing happens. They try and destroy it, but they just okay, fail. They that's give right. up. Yeah, they fail miserably. We don't have that to talk about on here, do we? So let's just, the ending, I feel the need to bring this up real quick. The director playing the main character beats alien spaceware with a pipe for too long. And at first he uses his radio, I think, to just... I- I don't know. Smash. Smash. Was it his gun? Smash. Oh, yes. It was his, it was like the butt of his gun. So he, he just like beats down this thing and beats it down and beats it down and beats it down until you are pretty sure he's beating you down and you're ready for this to be over. He beat anything down. He just beats it. Yeah. He just hits it and hits it and nothing breaks. And also there's a lot of levers and weird small dials for these slug creatures to use. So With no arms. <laughs> yeah. They don't have any appendages. What is I imagine it's the eyes, the right? Like the eyes can move also, and you just guys, like turn things. Did you guys notice that uh, there's actually labels on some of the buttons in English? Oh, really? No, yeah. I didn't. Yeah. That's great. There's words. The monster was sent by our country all along. That's, right. that's the real twist of this movie. All right, we're moving this to the other podcast. <laughs> Going to the conspiracy podcast. But that is literally the entire movie. This is a very short plot, but a very long uh-huh. film. It's, at an hour it's and 77 minutes. minutes long. Yeah. And it's the longest 77 minutes. I have never in my life checked the time remaining on a movie more than I did for this. <laughs> in the last eight minutes, I swear every minute I was like, this has to be it, right? No? More? Ah. Cam wouldn't let me. He's like, just watch it. I was it, like, no, please. It ruins the end. You don't want to know when the ending's going to happen, especially yeah, if do. it may never come. So. <laughs> wouldn't that be a treat if it was just like, it, this is a video file that's eight hours long and it's just him beating the equipment. <laughs> I would have watched it. That's fine. All right. We had alcohol and couldn't even like be entertained that's very true so let's go ahead and deep dive into this a little bit because we went over the synopsis a little bit quicker because there's not a lot that goes on we're going to talk about all the important stuff what do we have robert so uh one of my first favorite scenes it's it's very very short but there's so much wrong with it in such a compact amount of time that that had me dying so um this is when the army gets called in Uh, after the uh, first two people are killed. And it's just clearly an ancient, like, stock footage from the military. It's so old. It looks like somebody shaved while they were editing it. It's covered in hair. I read read a great fact about this. This is stock footage. And all they did to make it look like it was landing was reverse a takeoff. Yeah. Oh, oh, of the uh, of the ship landing. Yes. Yep. Um, no, I'm talking about when the um, when the uh, army first drives up in a jeep. Oh. Um, yeah. And there's like a the there's ship a ship tr- landing. No, it's when the uh, when there's like a, a single tree branch that the jeep could clearly definitely just drive over, 
um, and everybody gets out and there's one guy who's just saying, let's go, let's go, let's get going, let's go, let's go, let's get going. I, I'm not kidding. Easily a dozen times this character says some variation of let's go. And I was dying. And uh, yeah, the, and again, just... A common thing that we're going to keep saying throughout this episode is, and then there's just a long shot of just the same shit happening over and over again. It's just people looking in the ship and there's beeping and booping and it's like the high frequency, like wibbling of radio waves and it's so bad. Yeah. I can still hear the beeping. And booping. And booping. And also I was kind of confused, like, why is one of the monsters restrained and the other isn't? Right. I think it's supposed to be that it got restrained from the crash. So I think it's not supposed to be in a harness. I think it gets harnessed by like the broken ship, but... I feel like there was okay. more plot here. I, it's... That they did not do. That's something that I read is that the other creature is held back, but... I don't know. I can't tell you. I didn't make it. I am watching them crawl into the ship. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's so awkward. They like the the hole is underneath it, I guess. So everyone has to like get down on the ground and scrooch under. I read that apparently the like they were not expecting this ship to not have a door. And so, like, the scene when whoever crawls under it first, like, kind of looks back, like, what the fuck? It's a literal, like, is this really what we're supposed to be doing? Oh, there are so many actual gaffes that are kept in the movie. Mm -hmm. We'll go over them. Um, But that's it for my scene. Allie, I think you're up next. Cool. Um, So, Cam mentioned earlier, the, the first couple to get murdered. So, like, basically... They find the ship, whatever, and then, like, the monster gets out before anybody gets there. So the monster is wandering around, and it comes upon this couple that I is is making out. But, like, is that even kissing? Or, like, like I said, is it just mashing face skin together wherever <laughs> you can kind of find it to meet? Mashing face skin. Yeah. Yep. Sounds like a metal band. <laughs> <laughs> Are you thinking of Smashing Pumpkins? <laughs> Same no, number of it is, Yes, it's, it's so phonetically similar. <laughs> anyway, oh they're, they're mush and face, and this thing takes forever to roll up to these two. <laughs> and it's like, it's making growling noises. It's making like weird screeching, like they warbled wind in the trees or something. It is a little creepy. It's just the movie is not... <laughs> So it just kills it. And so they don't, they don't see it. They don't move until it's like literally right next to them. And this sets the scene for the entire fucking movie. <laughs> Except this guy is the only one to just up and run. He just, he sees it and he's like, fuck, I'm out. He leaves the girl behind on the blanket. And she then proceeds to scream. Although... <laughs> If you look at the footage, she's not screaming. She's saying something like holding a hand over her face. Very obviously her lips are like saying words, but the thing is just like, ah, and it's that just lipped. It's one single scream, no change. They don't pepper in any other uh, sounds. (laughs) Over and over and over while it takes the longest out of any other victim 
to eat it. I, it just swallows her, but it takes like a full two minutes. I just love that this dude just sprints though. That's oh, yeah, my favorite. Just like, I'm out. He he just, he just sees it. She like pushes him off and he sees it. And then he's just flash. He's just gone. I know, and he's the only victim, or like not victim, I guess, in this movie to just take off. He's the only logical one in this. She just, oh, wait, hang on. I just thought, I just realized the plot hole. He gets away. Why isn't, why isn't he going and telling people? Because it takes a long time for everyone to accept, like, oh, maybe one of the monsters got out. I almost feel like he wasn't supposed to run away. Because it's really weird. Like, he just kind of just gets up and runs, and then, like, they kind of just forget about him. Well, I mean, I feel like he's supposed to run away. I mean, we're talking about a guy that just abandons this girl he's making out with, so she dies. Like, really slowly. Usually, I would say that is on him. Like, what a dick. She's an idiot. She just lays there as it continually comes closer and closer to her death. Okay, I did not type slurping her up its eat hole. Who did that, Cameron? (laughs) Wasn't me. I'm not going to use eat hole in a (laughs) sentence. (laughs) Listen, do you have something else you'd rather call it? I still think it's a sphincter. It's an eat hole. (laughs) I'm surprised neither of you, I'm sure maybe you did. It's supposed to be a dick and a vagina in the same thing. I noticed from the poster. Uh, Oh, I didn't. I genuinely didn't. Well, that's on you. (laughs) It looks now this movie makes sense. I mean, it. I think it all stems from the fact that Vic Savage was a huge fucking creep. He was. Yeah, that seems apparent. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, a very nice fishing trip, Robert. Yay! (laughs) This is absolutely hands down my favorite scene. Because again, just like a real high density of what the fuck moments. (laughs) So um, a grandfather and his grandson are fishing. Um, The the grandfather catches a fish, but uh, it's clearly just like a fish that they bought at the market. And so in order to make it seem alive, he's very clearly jiggling the rod. Like, nice, nice, nice acting work there, buddy. They do that with that and also, like, everybody with a gun. I, oh, yeah. I was shocked that there was a fish on that line, though. I wasn't <laughs> expecting, actually, like, a real fish to come out. They did about half of the art direction work. <laughs> yeah, it, it makes, it would have made perfect sense with this movie if it was just a piece of cardboard wrapped in aluminum foil. Um, so, all right, the kid gets up to to go take a walk, I guess, and just keeps wandering deeper and deeper into the forest. Uh, Grandpa, like, gets very concerned very quickly for no apparent reason. And he gets up and is following him. But as he's doing that, he keeps, like, grabbing onto the trees as he's walking. Like, what, what are you doing? Are you, like, so unbalanced that you need these little branches to help you up? Why make this choice? He's stressed. Yes, he's, he's terrified that his grandson has been out of his sight for a total of 10 seconds. Um, seriously, he has no reason to be concerned, but he's so concerned, he keeps repeating the boy's name over and over again. Bobby, 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 Bobby. Probably not even his name. Oh, it's, 
it's so bad. And it also seems like it's edited out of order because the sun is like moving further and further um, into the trees and the grandfather is following. And we see the sun like see something and go like, oh no, it's clearly the monster. And immediately afterwards, the grandfather walks over and finds a piece of his shirt just like hanging from a tree branch. And it didn't really make a lot of sense, but whatever. The, um, the creeping terror comes towards the grandfather slowly and the grandfather falls into the creek in a way that made me go like, oh no, that man is hurt. I know, that's what I said. I was like, holy shit, it looks like he literally fell on his ass in the creek. And I think that's borne out by the fact that, like, the way this scene actually ends is you see the cameraman, like, like, drop the camera, like, like, point it downwards. Like, he's not filming anything anymore. And I was like, yeah, I feel like what happened was that guy was like, oh, no, I'm really hurt. I'm really hurt. And they're like, oh, shit. Oh, God. Okay. All right. Stop filming. We got to go. And he uh, paid money to be in this. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and the last thing I want to say about this, and it's just sort of like, it kind of um, is a bridge to the next scene. Um, we see, uh, uh, like, we keep checking in with uh, Mr. Scientist and Kid Deputy, and uh, Kid Deputy's name is Martin. And the voiceover tells us that, like, after the scientist revealed something troubling, that um, Martin, uh, Martin looks apprehensive, and he's not. He's just staring directly down the barrel of the lens. He's oh not making God. a single facial expression. I love when the narrator does shit like that because it's like he tells us what we're watching, but it's not what we're watching. Yeah. Like there was something earlier, like I don't remember who was talking to who, but it was supposed to be like the debriefing basically directly after the ship landed. And the narrator goes, this guy is in outrage. And he's just sitting there like calmly talking to the other person across the desk. And it's like, I don't see any fucking outrage. <laughs> oh, but up next is um, probably the, yes, the best scene. <laughs> oh my God, this, this is like Anakin murders a bunch of children, kind of <laughs> terrible, but like way less production value. Um, yeah. So there's, we, we, we open on like a little field on the edge of the forest. And there's a dude with a guitar who is playing and singing a song that is not the one that is playing over the, over the scene. Um, very obviously. He's singing like a weird love song to like these toddlers. It's like the sound of music. He's singing about like a girl <laughs> that left him and he wanted to marry her and she said no. It's like the sound of music. <laughs> okay. Just stand by my statement. <laughs> and I don't remember exactly, but I feel like the song that was playing over it had other instruments in the track, and there's just a dude with a guitar. Um, anyway, there's all these like little kids, right, that are all there at this hootenanny. Their word. We're we're not choosing to call it that. I know. They said this it. is this is a joke based on the fact that they were like the narrator goes. I don't know, he says something like, and now we see a hootenanny in the forest. <laughs> and like, this is the most after-school special part as far as the narrator goes. And then there's like, there's two teenagers there, kind of like a little behind the crowd of children around the guitar guy. And they're just like making out. And they're way older than everybody else there. And then all of a sudden they get up and they're like, all right, let's go fuck in the woods real quick. They, they're going to go kiss in the woods. Like, if you are... 18-ish in this movie, below or above, 
and you're going to go kiss someone, a 2,000 pound slug is going to eat you. And that's <laughs> just facts in this universe. Yeah. So this giant walking rug monster slug thing does the same thing it's done with everything. It goes up really slowly, except this time they notice it with plenty of time to fucking run away. <laughs> and their bowl's just kind of sitting on a log. <laughs> Do you remember that part where they're like, they're both looking at it like around the corner, but then they're both moving at like the same time, like doing yes. this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, what's both, that? Like, like rocking back and forth kind of as if to like say like oh we're peering into the distance but they're doing it at the same time so it just <laughs> looks so odd yeah and then they see it and they just kind of sit there and scream for a while and then they get eaten yeah, like, this is definitely, a, like, a joke I've seen a bunch of times, like, in Futurama or something, where, like, something really slowly is happening, and they're standing <laughs> there just, like, screaming continuously for 30 seconds. Yep. So the teenagers, of course, die, because, like Camp said, if you're making out anywhere in the forest and you're of teen age, you're dead. So then the monster keeps going back to the Hootenanny, and he, so, like, the guy with the guitar comes up, and he walks all the way up to this thing before he thinks, maybe I should hit it with something. And what does he decide to use? His fucking guitar. And he kind of just hits it once, hits it again, it breaks, and then it eats him. The end. And I think, I think it's important here that the rumor is that that was that actual man's guitar. <laughs> because they bought their way into this and they had to bring like their own clothes and props, basically, is what people talk about who worked on the film. So he smashed his own guitar. So he most likely smashed his own guitar. Ugh. It's worth man. it. <laughs> that scene. Hey, we're talking about it 60 years later. So. Yeah. And it I never mean, even hit theaters. So you yeah. gotta give them some kind of credit, I guess. <laughs> there, there was one part of the scene that really creeped me out because it looks like a mole, like convulsing. When I say a mole, I mean like a skin mole, not like the animal. You're talking about uh, the rug monster? Yes, I am. I am talking about the rug monster. And it's this scene because there's a too long of a second shot on this of it just Isn't that when like it's eating pulsating? Him? Yeah, yeah. It just it looks like a mole or like a wart on someone's skin. Oh, you mean that kind of mole. Yeah, a skin mole. Did you think I meant like a friendly yeah. neighborhood okay. animal? I heard skinned mole, so I was like, Cameron, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? How do you spend your time? Well, he is a writer of science fiction. <laughs> skinned mole. Isn't that just a naked mole rat? Is that the equivalent? It still has skin. Skinned yes. It's still okay, fine. It still has skin, but it's just a. All right. I haven't gotten to the best of part of this animal. film. Okay. Oh, yes, please. Uh, talk about the multiple infanticide that happens. <laughs> so he immediately. So, like, this monster just eats this guy immediately. He walks right up to it, basically feeds himself to it. And then it just like literally mows down this entire crowd of children. <laughs> what else are you going to do? They don't get up and move. Not a single one does. Occasionally they kind of just fall over if the monster doesn't, like it's not on top of them. But yeah, according to the film, this monster mowed down like 10 to 15 children. Yep. There's a really high body count in this movie. <laughs> and, um, like, that's when it's actually convulsing is when it mows down the children. Oh, ew. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Thankfully, we don't see children get sucked up into its eat hole. <laughs> now you're saying eat hole. Eat hole. <laughs> it, it just works better. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, that's a real hoot, Nanny. Yep. And, and that's not the last musical bit of this movie. This is, I think, when the music starts to get really annoying. Yeah. Starts? It it's pretty bad. It just continues after this, is what I mean. Like there's less narration, and it's just kind of continuous. Like I think I put in there later, but I'm going to say it right now. It feels like after this infanticide that we just witnessed, um, it's it's like they had a musician just kind of improv with piano and just kind of smash their hands on the piano for like the next forty five minutes. Yeah, it's amazing. (laughs) <laughs> Except for the part in this lovely dance hall school gym place. Yeah, so there's a dance scene. This so after after all the children are mowed down and eaten, and, keep and the it. cops still <laughs> haven't decided whether or not this thing is actually a threat because that's still oh. part of this. Is they still haven't fully yet decided. Uh, it goes to a dance hall in Very a high slowly. school gym. Now, while the creeping terror is slowly going there, we uh, get to watch about 15 to 20 minutes worth of dancing intercut with the creature. It's too long. It's a lot. And then we see, like, my favorite is, like, there's this one random part in the scene where they're dancing where a guy, he's, like, arguing with his girlfriend because he wants to dance with her. And then he just gets up from the table, goes to get a different girl and goes to dance with her dances with her, goes back to the table and sits back down next to his girlfriend. Yep. I, I want to point out that this scene is so long that there is a, an entire dance that people do, and then they stop. This is still in the movie. They all sit down and chat for a minute. We don't hear it because there's no sound in this movie. <laughs> and then they get up and dance again. Oh, like, <laughs> why is this scene so long? Cam is not exaggerated. It is at least 10 minutes long. Yeah. It's it's insane. I was like, literally like, I could watch this movie to fall asleep. It is very, very long. It is approximately, it's approximately 10 minutes in in totality. Like the whole thing of the dancing, of the creature moving, of the dancing, of the creature, of the dancing, of the creature. It's about 10 minutes. Oof. And I wanted to point out that this random girl with the special pants, who is the only credited one, is totally like 20 years ahead in style. Oh, that, yeah. I was thinking that too. I was like, if they like replace the shiny gold pants with like yoga pants, and this is definitely somebody that I swiped left on, (laughs) on a dating (laughs) app. Yeah, it's just like, she's wearing like a cutoff shirt and like shiny gold leggings. And her hair is like straightened and long, but like literally every other woman in the room has like a fifties housewife housewife dress on. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. She's got a crop top and gold pants, and again, you can tell they're gold. I don't care if it's black and white. It's, yeah. It's, it's, they're just so firm, clearly gold. Yeah. They're they're very very gold. <laughs> I just feel like you know pants and showing off your midriff as a woman in this time period isn't that like extremely scandalous? Oh yeah, there was a crowd of pitchforks and torches waiting outside. <laughs> Except they got eaten by the slug. Yeah. So, as we've talked about, 
this high school gym is just dancing and dancing and dancing. They're not high schoolers. I think, I think they're adults. No, this is I, supposed to be a dance hall. Is it, it's, it's a dance hall. It's, it's a high school gym. It's literally called a dance hall. It's a in high the school movie, gym. But yes. Uh, yeah, and it seems like they're serving alcohol there. There is definitely bar. one drunk man. There's yeah, a bar. That's fair. But anyway, so after the terror has wandered around this tree in this field for hours and it's moving towards this dance hall, uh, it eventually just is in the dance hall. It's just there. It didn't necessarily come through a door. Big emphasis on eventually. Yeah, it just kind of shows up. And once it shows up, it's mass chaos because everybody's like, oh my God, there is a 2000 pound slug wandering through the dance hall with a giant eat hole. So everybody starts running and they, I swear somebody must've gone, look, this hallway dead ends let's run into it because everybody crowds into this hallway, but no one leaves and yeah. why no one leaves is beyond me. It seems like it's like, Oh no, everyone's fighting to get out the door, but no one is leaving. The crowd never gets smaller. The They're creature crosses the entire high school gymnasium at a rate of about, I don't know, a foot a year and <laughs> finally gets to them. Yeah. And they're and still there like fighting each other. Yes, people are having punch-ups, like drunken bar fights. They're like, there have to be more exits from this high school gymnasium. Oh my God, you just reminded me of that whole bit because what happens is, is the, the thing comes in and this guy like tries to usher this girl out. No, I read some trivia that, that that's what it looks like. That's not actually what happens. This seems like a, like a mess up in the film i wanted to rewatch it to make sure but apparently he pulled her arm away right yeah and he actually ripped off her dress and bra i don't think so uh, and the actress goes like this and hides behind the guy for the rest of the scene well they get into a fight though yeah but i think he actually like pulled the entire like one half of her dress down uh, <laughs> I'm gonna have to rewatch. To I see like if I didn't rewatch happens. it to confirm that, but that was on the like the trivia for this. Oof. Anyway, so that seems like they basically just ruined a girl's life and left it in the movie. Anyway, uh, so one of the so as everybody's pushing towards this dead end hallway, you would think they'd be running and screaming. They're not. They're they're like slowly like ushering each other towards the thing. Like, come on, there's a small fire on the table. That's what this is like. <laughs> but no. Instead, it's just this creature slowly moving, everybody else slowly moving. There's a couple standing in the back who decided just not to go anywhere. They just decided to scream in one place for some reason. And I'm still not sure why. It's just a theme throughout this movie that people don't go anywhere. And the two dudes get into a fight, regardless of what the reason may be, I guess. Uh, they get into a battle. And then the creature just starts shoving people down her eat hole. And that's, that's the rest of the scene, is it's just people being eaten. So a woman is, so one of my favorite parts of this whole thing though, is a woman is just like sucked into the creature, but she's very slowly eaten, like, it's the same screaming so and it's just screaming and screaming her legs are kicking cut to other people her go back to her legs kicking and then all of a sudden instead of cutting away and then cutting back to the creature's mouth being empty they just cut from her legs being halfway out to them just being gone they just disappear her legs go away forever (laughs) 
And then they do that again later in the film. We'll just take this they part cut of the film again. and just kind of tape it together. It's just no. funny because like she's like going in slowly and they show that and then just she's gone. Houdini. Just yep. completely gone. And that's Yeah, I uh I also would like to like give the movie a tiny ounce of credit. It actually is a little creepy to see human legs sticking out of this thing's mouth. Is it creepy or just gross? Uh you know what? Unsettling. Let's go with that. <laughs> Like I said earlier, too, I think the sound they, whatever they did to it, was actually pretty good at some points, but like, that's just the whole movie sucks, so it kind of ruins it. Yeah, well, the sound they actually stole. They stole from other things. Pretty much all of the sound used in this film is stolen. Uh, some of the, the beeps and boops, for instance, on the ship, those were stolen from Star Trek, the original series. So well, this was before that. This, this was like four years previous. So what I, see, that's, that's before the original series, but not the pilot episode of the original series oh. wasn't actually included. Because what I read is that they stole it from Star Trek, which makes me think they had someone who worked on the Star Trek set and then just used the same sound. And just lifted, so yeah. So we ended up seeing the same thing later. But uh, I'm rewatching, oh my God, Ali, I want to go ahead and say you are correct on that. Her clothes do get ripped off. She does cover up and these two men get into a fight. And it looks like, I, I don't know if that was supposed to be intentional or not. It looks like it wasn't, the, according to the trivia. The but. fight is intentional because they show a quick shot of his face and he's got blood on it and it's just like a quick head back. But her clothes being ripped off, I don't think that was intentional. Well, yeah. I feel like uh, Vic Savage, pervert that he is, like orchestrated it and didn't tell anybody. Yeah. Like, sabotaged the seams of her dress. Or he just left it in because he's a pervert. Yeah, I think, because, like, based on her reaction, she, like, holds her head low and, like, goes into the doorway. Yeah, she hides behind him. Yeah. She hides behind the doorway. She doesn't hide behind anybody because there's nobody else to hide behind. The two ah. dudes are punching each other. So, yeah. That's, well, that's unfortunate. I was kind of hoping I wasn't right. <laughs> that is correct. That uh, That does legitimately happen. All right. So, after this whole dance scene is over, after this however long it's too long 10 12 15 years long uh the terror then goes to tell us all that cars are bad this is definitely a prequel to maximum overdrive listen <laughs> i have a theory all right and my theory is that this is the prequel to maximum overdrive which is a prequel to plan nine and these are two of the plans that's part of my theory. So you're going to go from the 60s to the 80s to the 50s? <laughs> it doesn't matter when they're made. <laughs> Listen, Star Wars Episode 1, 2, and 3, those were made well after the other ones, all right? So... Yeah, no, you, you go ahead and compare these movies to the first, like, the sequential 1, 2, and 3 Star Wars. That seems appropriate. It is similar, at least, to Jar Jar Binks, all right? That's... Yeah. <laughs> If nothing else, is we this Charger Banks's grandfather? Oh my god! <laughs> Fan theory. Tell anyway, us if you like it. Tara shows up at Lover Lane, as we talked about earlier, and she just goes to hell, like on a fucking rampage. Why are you calling it a she? It's a she. Don't at me. Uh, I can't believe you typed that. <laughs> don't at me. I think you're about 10 years too old to use that phrase. That is rude, sorry. Uh, so, so she goes berserk, all right? Tara goes berserk and just starts destroying cars, eats some people, 
this is my favorite moment because this is the moment where she smashes her head into a car and you just hear the piano go dun 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 <laughs> with every single head slam. That's why I think it was improv over this movie. Like they gave the musicians a cut of the film and he was like, just write something over it. Well, a lot of times they play music, especially back then, they used to do the music over the cut of the film. Obviously. So they, that's how they would do it. But Obviously, yeah, this time. This is obviously a moment where the composer was like, this is a perfect time. So one of the couples gets away, and then Terror flips over another car, which is most definitely like a derby car, because it's all torn up, and... It says, what does it say on it? 23 Skidoo. 23 Skidoo. Skidoo. Yeah. Which is, uh, I had to look that up. It's a slang term from the era for leaving quickly. And that was what made me go like, okay, this is definitely a derby car. That like, they borrowed this. There's no way, way that they would have, like, why? Also, if you have this car, paint over that. Why is that? Maybe it's an inside in joke. Because it's like, you know, for back then, it's like, you got to get out of here real quick. That's what the right kids away. call a knee slapper. <laughs> I think you might be about 50 years too young to use that. <laughs> Maybe. I, am place. I too old or am I too young, guys? <laughs> Come on. I know, we say things like coolio and cool beans and, you know, that's our generation. Oh, well, that's what the kids call a coolio. So, <laughs> listen, terror flips over a car. Now, my favorite thing about this car is it magically materializes and dematerializes a woman over and over again. <laughs> Because in some angles, there's a woman in the car. In other angles, there's no woman in the car. And when I say angles, I don't mean like you go outside the car and you don't see her. I mean, like they'll switch the angle from inside, like the interior of the car, and she's no longer in it. But then the dude is always in it. So originally I thought it was just a dude in there. And then like re-looking at it, it's definitely a woman, then yeah. not a woman, then a woman, then not a woman. I didn't even notice and then watching it. Tara finally like puts her head underneath the car <laughs> flips the whole okay, does it damn thing. Kind of just like, it doesn't fit. It kind of just goes thunk. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just love it because it gets so angry and it's just like, this is the only way. So it just crowbars the car off the hill. And then that's when you see officially the, the car fully materializes the woman and she dies with the man, wherever she actually came from. I'm not entirely sure. Like, they're like skinned in there. Yeah, they're brutally. Well, I think it gets flipped more than once because it doesn't get flipped and then flipped again. Okay, but that doesn't make anybody lose their skin. Yeah, like they, <laughs> their faces are covered in blood. We are talking they're about a giant vagina penis looking monster that's supposed to be what it is. Okay, but that didn't with do anything a giant to them. It flipped their car. Slugging around Lake Tahoe Pond, eating people. I, there's logic be damned at this point. I mean, yeah. Also, this is like a, it's a car from the uh, probably 50s because it seems kind of old. So it's almost certainly had like the most unsafe thing on the planet. Yeah, and it was probably super heavy. It's probably completely metal. It they didn't have a seatbelt law anybody. back then. So <laughs> they wouldn't adopt a seatbelt law for another 21 years, actually. So just saying, all right? Uh, yeah, and the entire time this whole scene is happening and all these teenagers are being eaten. You gotta read it like he wrote it. Uh, there is a dude chilling in the car and he's literally just sitting there like, mm, slays the teenagers getting wrecked by worms is like God intended. <laughs> there, are we good? This dude watches like the entire time. 
He's just yes. staring. Through binoculars, which to my mind means that he was just sitting out there watching people make out and just jerking it. Yep. Maybe he was but a bird like, watcher. They keep cutting back to him and he just has, he has no emotion on his face. He's just like, well, they're dead now. <laughs> it's where the actor's like, what do I see? And the director's like, out your window. <laughs> that's, that's the only direction you'll ever get. That's Vic I can Savage. see that with somebody like Vic Savage. <laughs> All right. And that, that's pretty much the end of that scene. And then it just, the thing goes on a rampage. Yep. Take yep. it away, Robert. Finish us off with the scenes. <laughs> Yeah, I just I just wanted to give one little thing because um, at this point it's just yeah, like I was so tired of this movie. <laughs> it was so long. It takes so long to do. They they kill the first alien that got out by um, throwing a grenade at it. There's not really much to talk about there. Then they have a a like a chase scene where you see them drive from location to location in like in complete entirety. Then the can I Scientist. Interject? Yes, go ahead. Um, you said there's nothing to see with the grenade scene, but all of the soldiers get mowed down just like he mowed down the children. Oh, yes. After a solid minute of firing their they guns They keep at firing, them. and then it just kind of walks up to them and just, whoa. <laughs> yep. Just jumps on them. I thought that was hilarious. Anyway. Um so yeah, the uh, the doctor realizes something about the alien because he pulls out like a like a, a diode box or like a box with wires coming out of it or something. And he's like, oh my God. And he gets into the car and he like sprints back to the uh, uh, to the spaceship to go inside. And he's like, oh no, they're like, they're laboratories. They're like taking us apart and finding out our weaknesses. We need to go stop it. But for some reason, he lets the goddamn thing out it doesn't make any sense. He like he crawls into the ship, and we're st- the st- the camera just stays outside of it, and he hits. He I don't know what he does. There's an explosion. He rolls out covered in blood, and now the monster's free. I don't know how the monster got out through the tiny little like six inch gap that everyone's crawling through, but the monster's out now, and it's slowly approaching him. And then the part of the movie that actually made me cheer. <laughs> was over the hill at like breakneck speed comes another car that hits the creature and like blows it apart. Oh, I laughed so hard. It made me question why this movie wasn't solved much quicker though. Right. Like, why didn't you just do that in the first place? (laughs) Because fuck you, that's why. Because they try and like shoot at it earlier, I think. Yeah, that's, that's the part where the military shoots at it for like three minutes. Yeah. And then it just kind of jumps on them. <laughs> yep. And none of the gunshot noises match up. And that, that was another thing, too. It's like, they are so obviously, they don't even have blanks in the guns. The guns are all fake. Because they're yep. just kind of doing like, oh, I'm going to do the recoil myself. Yeah, they're just like slightly raising the end of the gun every few seconds. But and like, it, the shot goes on for so long, these guns must have 50 bullets in them and they're just handguns. <laughs> And the gunshot sounds don't line up with the actual recoil movements. At all. No. I don't know what you guys are talking about. This, the sound in this film is top quality. And it could have been better. Okay. Yeah, but anyway, awesome, but also a little anticlimactic ending is giant monster gets smashed by a car, just obliterated. 
Yeah, and then it kind of ends on a uh, a very unearned and overly ambitious uh, sequel premise of like, oh no, the data got transmitted. There was nothing we could do. Uh, I hope they don't like come back to us one day. And then the camera pans up to the trees where, because it's this movie, we're treated with like a 20 second long image of just Oh my God, sky. it would never end. I was like, is this it? Or are they going to show <laughs> something else? It's theatrical, okay? I'm pretty sure you're supposed to fade out. No, that's <laughs> what basic directors do. And by the way, it's about 19 seconds long. Okay. Holy shit, Robert was right. <laughs> it's like 17 to 19 seconds long. I just rewatched it while we were Which, talking about it. It doesn't sound like a lot, but imagine you're just like staring at an empty sky statically. Nothing. Yeah. I don't even remember if there's music. All right, so let's let's talk about some like the of the internal reasons. Honestly, this is the best part of the movie. Like all of the stupid shit that like, went into making this yeah. and into like the post-production. Right. The reason why I wanted to watch this. Yeah, this movie is god-awful. Um, but like, w- there are some things that, uh, like I-, I don't necessarily hate the script. I mean, some of the things that we're laughing at are just because it's from the 60s and it's like really out of date. Um, but this seems like a more or less fine idea for a 60s monster movie it's just the execution is atrocious so i found out that Vic savage like basically commissioned this guy named alan siliphant to write this although for some reason his brother is credited as uh, credited as the writer in the movie don't know why but savage basically apparently gave him just kind of a vague idea of he wanted a monster movie So this guy just had to write something. And he thought, based off of the idea that Savage said, that it was supposed to be campy. So he wrote it like that. And then we ended up with this. Yeah, I guess that makes it like the... Because it seems like a a recurring joke that no one runs away. I kept waiting for there to be some sort of like, oh, the monster can hypnotize people. But there's none of that. (laughs) I mean, something, right? That'd be too easy. It's not... I don't know. I mean, like, I want to mention that some of the movies that came out in this same year, like, let alone, let's just ignore the fact that, like, Creature from the Black Lagoon is my favorite example to use in comparison to this, which is a great movie. That came out 10 years prior to this movie, which is bad. It's because we just, I just rewatched that with Ali, and that still holds up. It's still a good movie, and it's 10 years older. But also, Goldfinger came out the same year. Fistful of Dollars came out this year. Uh, Dr. Strangelove, Vincent Price's Last Man on Earth. Like all of these movies, Mary Poppins came out the same year. All of the movies that came out around this make it look way worse. Well, it was never made in the theater, so like it wasn't even a competition to start with. It just looks even worse when you really see that. And another Frankenstein, one of the 38 million Frankenstein movies came out this year. But yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty atrocious. And um, there, there was one thing that I wrote down for the script that it did, like, I didn't want to talk about the entire scene, but when they're like, okay, we need to keep the townspeople calm. We can't let them know that, like, the sheriff and the defu- deputy were eaten. Uh, here's what you'll do. You'll plant a story in the newspaper that the deputy and his sheriff went fishing. That seems really suspicious. 
I would like, if I opened up the newspaper one day and be like, oh, oh, I ran Contra. I don't know what happened in the 60s. And it's like, oh, the sheriff went on a fishing trip. Okay. Nice. I feel like that's the response is when you get the that's nice thing. That's I just imagine, I imagine Shirley from Community. <laughs> oh, that's, that's nice. nice. <laughs> the thing with the script for me is we don't like, Honestly, this movie would have been better if it was not narrated. But it had to be. It didn't have to be. Could have been a silent film. Yeah. But Vic Savage seems like he has too big of a head to let that happen. Could have been a silent and sound effect film. Should we talk about the sound next then? Yeah. Back to acting. Sure. Oh, man. Do I want to talk about the sound? Please do. (laughs) Um, So there's a few few theories as to why the sound is non-existent are very sparse. Um, One of them is that apparently Vic Savage accidentally dropped and damaged the sound in Lake Tahoe. Although in doing more research, I found out that this actually isn't possible or at least not actually Lake Tahoe because while this was supposed to be at Lake Tahoe, it was actually just filmed at a pond somewhere in California. (laughs) Which is laughably small in comparison to Lake Tahoe. Mm -hmm. Which is huge. Huge. It takes hours to drive around that thing. Yeah, it was actually filmed at Span Ranch, which is the famous ranch that Charles Manson stayed at. Charles Manson and his cronies stayed at. Uh, That's that's where this was mostly filmed. Yeah, so like it wasn't actually probably dropped in Lake Tahoe, although I have this great image in my head of Vic Savage by himself, like lugging around the film reels and the sound, and he just kind of puts it in a rowboat and he goes out on Lake Tahoe just to like feel it before he edits it. (laughs) And he's just out there, just like rowing, and he like just drops it all in the fucking lake. Yeah, you really gotta wonder like why, how? How do you drop? Why was he out there with it? Why? Look, rock, lake, director, hits, sound, into lake. (laughs) Simple. Okay, so there's Uh, that theory. But then there's the other theory that I feel like is probably more plausible is that um, apparently he simply just didn't care to actually record the sound in a professional way to make it sound good. So then it just ended up being unusable because most of it was just garbage i i heard something from the um from the guy who plays the scientist saying that like this was the plan all along which is like inexcusable yeah and so there's that too that he just like didn't record it with sound because there really is actually no on-site sound in this movie it's all either dubbed or narrated there are like very suddenly someone will be like Hey, what's that? Like just a, a, a non, a, a non unimportant line that they just happened to have. Yeah. That's the one reel that kept. You remember when um, they were talking out by the car? I don't remember when this was. I feel like it was in the last half. And somebody says something to the, the wife, right? And, and like a line speaks but her mouth is not moving for the entire duration of the sentence that she says. And then all of a sudden the actress's mouth starts moving at the end. Yeah. Yeah. There are some weird bits where they did definitely, uh, they did definitely dub it, 
they didn't dub everything either. Mm-mm. It's really confusing because there's, so what I read is essentially regardless of which story of how the sound was destroyed or didn't work or whatever, they had roughly 90% of the sound lost and yeah. unusable, including parts of the soundtrack itself. He didn't just lose dialogue. He lost part of the music. I also read that. Oh my God. Because they had to hurriedly put together some of the music. Obviously. So. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> But but the whole thing with this is that they had roughly 10% of their sound that they had, that they wanted to use. Then they dubbed some of the movie and then they just narrated everything else, which is the dumbest way I've ever heard to do a movie. It's confusing. I don't know. It's so lazy too. It really is. I don't know who put this in here, but I love this. The monster alternatively sounds like a tiger's roar or just someone half-heartedly screaming in the distance. Yeah, it's so <laughs> weird, especially when he first shows up. I was like, is is there a person <laughs> that's watching this and is just screaming? No, yeah. there's no one around at that moment. There's just sort of like this constant, ah, like going on like over everything and there's like beeps and boops in the background because there's always beeps and fucking boops <laughs> everything is looped too everything is about like a three to five second clip of anything and then just put on a continuous loop i read that uh the monster sound actually came from jack and the beanstalk from like 1952 so that's what we're hearing is it the giant or what yeah Supposedly is the giant from okay. the that Jack doesn't, and stock movie. I wouldn't I would be kind of surprised if I heard that like this is the sound of a giant, just like a tiger's growl, and then like somebody far away mildly inconvenienced. <laughs> <laughs> and then like the music. So like you said that some of it was lost, which kind of makes sense because it seems like they had at some points like a melody that they were just kind of repeating. Yeah. And then, like, when the tension is happening at the end, it just kind of seems like in the middle of it, they just kind of smash on the piano a few times. It's definitely someone, like, (laughs) you get one shot in front of a mic to record this music to fix the end of the film for me. I need you to do that. And it's just someone playing over it. Over and over again. And it seriously, at one point, I think it's when when the guy is, like, driving the car that ends up smashing into the, the monster. And it takes forever and it's just piano smashing all the way down the road. It's terrible. And like I said, I feel like the last like third of the movie is one continuous song. Yeah. And it's it's one the continuous, worst. but it, it cuts off at weird points. And then continues. Well, yeah, off. it doesn't ever stop. It just like it's like we're on to a different location, so I will go down a step and keep going. <laughs> and then go up and then go down. And that's what it looks like. I love the sound. There's so much wrong with it. I really hope that my my little imagination story about Big Savage and a robot on Lake Tahoe is actually how he ruined the sound. <laughs> just he to just, go out there and get the feel. Yeah, he just needs to know how to edit this. Like it really is Lake Tahoe. So he brought I it all with him. Record the water. <laughs> Drops everything in the water. So then there's also the acting, which is a whole other disaster. Yeah. Um. What cracks me up is actually most of the people in this weren't really actors. They were like plumbers or just like random people that he had talked to. And he's like, hey, if you give me money, you can be in the film. Which is kind of sleazy. A little bit sleazy. Oh, yeah. He was definitely sleazy. I don't know. Is it sleazy or is it genius? 
Which one is it? I don't know, Cam, you try and make a movie like that and tell us how it goes. Yeah. No, I would feel so bad. I would feel terrible. Yeah, no, oh, it's, it's not like... It's not like it's so weird because usually you would be paid, you know, for doing work on a movie. Uh, so it's a little weird to expect to people to be like, yeah, sure. I'll pay you for a chance to be in this movie that then, you're not going to release. But And then he makes himself the main character. But <laughs> think about it like this. He would have been the king of Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Because people That's do true. that on Kickstarter. You literally sometimes pay like a lot of money to get like a small role on a film that's being kickstarted. So maybe it's not as sleazy as we think. It's still sleazy. It's pretty it's, sleazy. It's still- yeah. Robert, did you then, find this part about the guy face planting? Yes. I don't remember that happening. Okay, so it's um, it just like, I, I tossed a couple of things in here where the acting was like, oh, are you sure you don't want to take another shot at that? <laughs> but when the, uh, when the doctor realizes like, oh my God, I need to rush back to the spaceship right away. He runs to the car and just before he gets it, he fucking bites it face first in the dirt. <laughs> another thing I need to rewatch. It was so great. Uh, and then uh, one other uh, little thing, which is another like, hey, you maybe want take to take another shot at that? Is there two cops driving around and I think they're starting to look for missing people. And the, the car stops in front of the camera and then the, the cop forgets to put it in park. He like starts to get out. The car like shifts a little bit. He's like, oh, oh, and, and like changes gears you could see it happen poor movie. Uh, oh no and like somebody said who knows if they're good or not because no one fucking talks it's all dubbed or narrated yeah so we don't actually know how any of the lines were initially delivered but we do know if the art department was good or not so we and they were that. not <laughs> The monster, and I see that somebody uh, crossed out, and by somebody I mean Cam, yeah, uh, crossed out where I wrote awful. Yeah, now he's deleted it. (laughs) The monster looks terrible, awful, and it's always shown in full daylight, like blaring daylight. I know. And and it's it's so, I, I... I worked really hard on this metaphor. The creature moves like it's a dainty Victorian woman making sure she doesn't trip over her skirts. It's so like, like it's one inch at a time, just sort of like pedaling your feet forward a little bit. Uh, And it's like the creature is gigantic. There are definitely multiple people under there. I think we were already like mentioning that. Mm -hmm. And... There is a, uh, there's a, a, another little bit where they claim that, uh, oh, we actually had a suit and it was really good, but a few days before filming, it was stolen. And that sort of rings a little false to me. I kind of feel like this was like a dog ate my homework situation. Oh no, I don't have the thing that you paid me a lot of money for. Yeah. Here's, yeah. here's like a pile of carpets with an eat hole. <laughs> I I also read something a little alternative to that, that the guy that was in charge of doing the monster apparently actually stole a monster costume from a different set, and they were like, we can't use this, this is copyrighted. And so then they had to throw together something else really quickly. Oh. So, like, I don't know which is which, but either way, they had to throw it together. I, I definitely think that that creature suit, while it's terrible and it is 
awful and legitimately terrible. Uh, at the same time, it was not put together in like three days. There's no way. So it might be oh, yeah. bad, but it's at least like constructed enough it that like, it would have taken a while to construct. It looks that. like the front at least is sewn to be something specific. And then they just kind of threw together the back part. Yeah. Because they have the little arms. <laughs> just kind of do this the whole time. <laughs> a little waving. But yeah. um, that's about it as far as intentional looking or the eyeballs on top. The eyeballs on top are very obviously just like some black pipes that just have yes. little balls at the Pipe end. cleaners. <laughs> you can see it the best when you see the other monster in the ship because there's a close-up on it at one point with actually decent lighting for once. And you can clearly see it's just like some black pipes. Yeah. Yeah. It's really... Love it. The, the art in this is so lackluster. And there's really nothing else. I mean, like I said, supposedly, and I, I believe it, all the actors showed up in their own clothes. So, which is, it's fine. I mean, they do that on like casting for, or for like uh, extras and stuff a lot in films, mm-hmm. but for main actors and stuff too, to just show up all in their own clothes and just kind of whatever. The art, the art department was like non-existent in this whole thing. So, I still yeah. can't get over the pond thing. I just, I can't get over, again, like I'm gonna go back to Creature from Black Lagoon because it's exactly 10 years release earlier. That thing is iconic and holds up so well that the actor in it can swim in it underwater. It's amazing. This thing can barely go up a hill without the (laughs) foot of the person underneath showing through. (laughs) It's just like, you couldn't put in a little bit more effort, just a little bit more. I mean, I would have taken a dude in a sleeping bag, like inchworming his way across the grass. (laughs) It would have looked better. Oh my God. Yeah, the the movie's lackluster <laughs> in every way. I see we have what part would you play? I saw that earlier, which is different. <laughs> Robert, you want to start that <laughs> yeah. off then? Yeah, so like if uh, if you could, like if it was getting remade or you could go back in time, what part would you want to play? And um, I would like to be the scientist who, I don't know if we mentioned it, the script calls an expert on space emissions, which cracked me the fuck up. <laughs> I just imagine, like, he's kind of just, like, a space, like, highway cop that is, like, have you gotten your emissions test on that rocket? <laughs> <laughs> I got a little rocky, I feel like, but. <laughs> so, wait, you want, isn't that the guy who, like, pl- paid the most money to be in the film? Yeah. Well, I don't want to pay the money. I wouldn't want to, <laughs> like, I'm not going to give this guy, like, allow him to make art. No. Robert, I need you when you finish your degree to go apply to NASA and tell them that you want to be in the space emissions department. Yeah, I, I grew up with this movie and I, it's my favorite movie and my biggest hero, he was an expert on space emissions. So that's what I want to do too. Put on the they're like, bottom, what? That's- <laughs> put on the bottom corner of your resume, really small. So like you need like a magnifying glass. <laughs> expert in space emissions. <laughs> Just they'll they'll never see it coming. You'll get any job. Uh, Allie, nice. what part would you play? All right, I want to play one of the monsters, but only if I get to be in a scene where they show me driving the spaceship <laughs> with your blinky little arms, using your flap arms to smack the levers and dials, <laughs> just bashing my head into the screens to see what happens. Yeah, and I want to design it myself. 
Don't give me a budget. I'll just do it with what I have. Wait, you, you don't want to be the same monster? You want to do a whole new monster? I'll do either. But, you know, I think making my own would be more fun. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. All you're going to need is a bunch of carpets and some black tubing. It like needs golf balls. It has to have an eat hole. It's part of the character's whole dynamic. I'll just yeah. like, I'll just completely unupholster the couch and just. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> And then, t- and then, like, have the unupholstered couch dragging behind you as you move, and there you go. I think we should really me- remake this, guys. I feel like we could do, a, a, like, unironically a much better job. We could do a better job with, like, an iPhone and, like, three days in the mountains. That's I, all I read that there are actually some college kids who did make a sequel, two sequels to this. Okay. But they did one of those things where they tried to make it bad where it was like uh, purposely campy and then no. it still like is not as bad as the first Those one. never work out that well unless it's like, it's rare. Like zombie no. is like an exception to that. They were like purposely, like when the monster comes by, they like fall over and like roll out of frame to die or whatever. Ah, that's so fun. And, like it sounds funny, but I just feel like it's probably really bad. It probably is. Anyway, Cameron, what's your choice? I want to be the girl in the shiny pants and crop top. You want to have your butt shaking on screen for like 10 solid minutes? If that's not the way I'm introduced, I'll just be really mad at the editor. That woman invented twerking. That's, yeah. That's who I want to be. She's a trendsetter. She destroyed (laughs) that dance floor. And she eats up the scenery. I mean. The whole 10 minutes she gets to. She was was so good that they looped that one shot of her shaking her ass violently like four times. Yeah. Like multiple times. And every time they go to a wide shot of that whole gymnasium, which they often do over that 10 minutes, she's the one just eating scenery. All right. She takes up the screen. That's who I want to be. All right. That crop top and all. So you want to be the center of attention. I want to, no, I want to be the trendsetter. That's who I want to be. All right. right. She was amazing. I want you to dress up as her for Halloween. (laughs) No one would get it, though. I don't have shiny pants, but I do have fake leather pants. No one would understand if I showed up in gold pants and a crop top (laughs) with hair that's like floofed up really high. Me and Robert will get it. I, (laughs) I would do amazing in that part. Do we recommend this movie? No. <laughs> uh, so I say, like, watch the first 20 minutes. Like, it's there are a lot of really funny things, but, like, it is punishingly long. And, again, only 77 minutes. I think it's, like, what is that? Only five minutes above the actual cutoff for a feature-length film? Yep. Yeah, it's barely a feature. Ever so barely. It's not even technically quite a feature, but whatever. It's... Yeah, I mean, I would say just kind of, like, Google the scenes on YouTube or, like, follow us on Twitter and Facebook and watch all the ones we post. Yeah. And look up the the fun facts on IMDb and you're good. Yeah. Don't, however, do not watch the creep behind the camera. I was going to because I was curious because I heard it was a good documentary and then I read about it after not being able to watch it and... As it turns out, the creep behind the camera, which is supposedly based off the true story, is not even remotely true at all. It takes a lot of liberties and makes up a ton of things. It looks like it's kind of shot like an MTV reality show. It's basically like 10% actual interviews, and the rest of it is 
uh, roughly, it's it's like reenactments, basically. Like comedic reenactments. Yeah, where they're going over the top, and a lot of it's not true. The movie is the thing that started that whole claim. There's a claim with this film that Charles Manson actually worked on it, because he and his Manson family were at Span Ranch. However, they were at Span Ranch years and years later, so it doesn't work. But yeah, I wouldn't recommend watching the documentary, but I would definitely recommend reading about it. And yeah, if you know who Vic Savage is or where he is, if he's still alive today, I want to know. Because it claims that he died, but after, every time I read that, it's always like preceded by no one knows where he went. So did he die or did he not die? Yeah. I think it's kind of presumed that he died. But they say specifically that he died of like cancer or something. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I thought it was liver failure, which I was oh, like, yep, failure. that sounds okay. exactly right. But did we even say why he apparently right after this movie was made, um, like shot, I should say, he went to go edit it, sort of like finished most of the edits, and then he was sued for fraud and just kind of disappeared. He finished the whole film. I read that he didn't. He no, finished but... most of it and somebody else kind of had to top it off. I read that there's interviews with people that he actually owed money to in Hollywood and he did finish the film. What happened is he tried to hand them a cut of it and they didn't like it. And he still owed money to them and they were not gonna make money off of a feature release like they were supposed to. So he ran and never came back. Changed his name to a few hundred other things, apparently. Yeah, who knows what happened. I would like to know what happened. Where in the world is Arthur Nelson White Vic Savage? Vic Savage sounds like such a porn star name. Oh yeah. I'm sure if he did anything, he probably went on to just direct some equally bad porn films. I'm willing to bet he fled to another country and did porn films. There's no way he didn't. Regardless, porn was involved. (laughs) (laughs) We're all agreed. Porn. And on that note, thanks for listening. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, This has been The Creeping Terror. Happy fucking Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. This was a great movie to do for Halloween. It was. I feel like put we this can't on stop this in the background of a party of a Halloween party. That's fair. Don't pay attention to it. Just have it like playing, so you get, like every now and again are like, are they still shooting at the monster? <laughs> are they still shaking their ass with the camera? <laughs> yeah. The answer is yes. That that's completely fair. Yeah. Let us know if you see it. Let us know if you like it. Uh, if we missed anything that you thought was better in the film you can follow us on twitter and facebook and we will be posting our favorite scenes for you to enjoy without suffering like we did yeah um yeah tell us what you want to see next yeah because we do that yeah tell us okay bye (laughs) attack of the oh wait i'm cameron the cameraman i'm back alley stabbing (laughs) And I'm Rob on the corn. Corn on the Rob. (laughs) He's the corn stalker.